0: Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at RealNerds on Instagram. You can also call us 720 6Nerds5. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Camera action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... but. Talk through film! I'm sorry. sorry.
1: Take it outside.
0: Real nerd knows you shot and a real nerd can follow the blood of real nerd. Look at all we got lights to eyeshot. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, live at Fan Expo 2022. This is our tenth one, X Baby. We're we're, we're the Extreme Podcast. And we are sitting down with a filmmaker right now. Please introduce yourself to our audience that will hear this later.
1: Uh, I am David Elijah. I am the CEO and director of Lambent Entertainment and I just make movies (laughs) pretty much in Colorado.
0: So you make movies, so everybody has a story how we got there. Right.
1: What made you want to make movies? Um, Since I was really little, uh, I'm sure this is the story with a lot of people, but um, I just made like Lego animations, a Lego stop motion, and I was obsessed with movies, so I just kept doing it with Lego animation. That was kind of my outlet, um, and that stop motion really gave me. I, I would like recreate the Halloween movies, the screen movies, like a bunch of slasher movies, and it, it was really my outlet to make these stories, and I'd come up with my own, and one day I just took my dad's iPad when I was really young and just filmed some stuff with my friends up the street, and the next thing you know, I'm making movies as a job now and getting paid for it. So,
0: was there a specific movie that you saw, because you said the Lego stuff, but is there a certain movie that you go, like, you know, some people my age, they're old as everything, that are as old as me would say like Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. Right. Is there a single movie that you saw that made you want to do this? Or a director?
1: Yeah. Um, I'd say Titanic. Uh, James Titanic? Cameron. Yeah, really? Titanic is my favorite movie of all time. It, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. Back, up. Okay. How is Titanic your favorite movie of all time?
1: It's so good. No one can convince me that it is not a borderline perfect movie. It is so good. I love it. Um, it's just... Just the way they managed to recreate the ship and do the sinking of it is just mind-blowing to me. I grew up watching it, like, I, I had the separate VHS tapes where it was separated into two parts, and I'd sit there and I'd watch it, like, every day, pretty much. I'd, I'd literally re- reenact it, like, right in front of the huge box television, um, because I just loved it so much. And it was the first movie to really, like, hit me in an emotional level. like during Jack's death so I was just like I want to I want to make people feel like that I want to I want to make people feel like not heartbroken but like movies are to make people feel stuff at the end of the day and that, that was the first movie that really made me realize that because, like, I'd sit here with my family and they'd be watching Titanic bawling at Jack's death. And I'm like, wow, this really does affect people. And that that's kind of the influence I want to bring on people. Not to make them sad, but to create that impact through art.
0: Well, I think it, as a filmmaker, our whole goal is, well, not mine, their goal, is to connect with people on an emotional level. It doesn't have to be sad. Right. You know, to me, uh, to this day, one of the greatest... In theater experiences I ever had was Avengers Endgame. Right. When, whether it's Captain America getting Thor's hammer or all the heroes showing up and just people cheering and throwing like popcorn in the air and stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's an experience that everybody wants, and it can be smaller. But it can be happy, sad. Right. Um, but you know, it is really satisfying um, sitting back and watching people laugh at what you think is funny, right. or cringe at what you think is gross. Yeah. Um, there is no matter how many times you have seen something you're involved with. Right. To see someone react that way is, I think, as an artist, is the greatest feeling in the
1: world right exactly and i couldn't agree more but back to what you were saying about avengers it's so hard for me to get into uh the mcu because i started watching them really late i think they're great movies but because i started really late i don't understand what's happening in a lot of them most of the time so i can't really feel those emotional hits that they did like they did in infinity war and through endgame um but like i completely get where you're coming from. And I love that it's able to do that too. And, yeah. yeah.
0: So, when we met yesterday, you told me you made a movie. Yes. So, what is the movie, and what did you make?
1: Okay. So it is called Rival. I don't know how much I can say about it because um
0: it, gotcha. reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but what can you say about it that you just made it and it's called Rival?
1: Yeah. Uh, I can say um, it is a teen young adult horror movie. Um, It is, it takes, basically takes the idea of uh, the 90s slasher tropes and uh, makes you, it plays out a 90s slasher movie through the killer's POV. So instead of it being a murder mystery for the audience, it's a murder mystery for the characters and you follow the killer through it throughout the entire thing.
0: I love horror movies. Right. Would this movie appeal to me or am I going to get mad watching it? That, the, that I'm
1: like, they didn't do it right. No, I'm no. i not a snobby <laughs> bar movie fan. I'm
0: just being
1: an <laughs> asshole right now. Right. Well, I, the slasher genre definitely has a tendency mm. to have characters do stupid decisions and just, like, writing decisions on a whole. Like, there's a lot of decisions that it makes just for plot's sake, but... um i feel that the majority of the decisions in our movie um are justified in order to get from point a to point b like there are definitely some um decisions that happen to do with personal life there's a lot of personal life stories um especially the main character who is the killer um it it talks a lot about his past growing up um and how he really uses that and crutches onto that as an excuse to feel justified that he's killing young people when people are like dude you're killing people. I don't care what your reasoning is. Like you need therapy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so you Titanic is your inspiration to become a filmmaker, right? And then you went complete
1: opposite with a right. horror film.
0: Is that so? Did you write this too, or you, I did write it. So, how do you get from Titanic is the kind of film I want to have people experience, right, to a horror film?
1: Um, I don't know. I remember my first horror film uh, I ever saw was Halloween H2O. I was really young. It's my favorite Halloween movie in the entire series. So, but uh, it was written by Kevin Williams. Cards
0: on the Table, it's one of my favorite Halloweens. Right. One, because I love that it's directed by Steve Miner, who did Friday the 13th Part 2. Yes. Which I think is better than the first one. I completely agree. I, I completely actually, agree. I think it's scary. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, how Jason is in it is how I like Jason. Right. Kind of unrelenting. Um, Um, it's just a better film than the first one and so I have a soft spot for H2O because Steve Miner directed it and he has some of his touches in it Mm -hmm. the quickness I I love that it's only like 82 minutes long and you know that Michael in it is really you know hardcore I mean they kind of try to get rid of it in the next one so I kind
1: of disregard we don't talk about Resurrection yes
0: yes. see we're on the same
1: page right uh, Sweet. I like so, to back act to like your it doesn't Sorry to interrupt you. No, it's all good. Um, basically, uh, being introduced to Halloween H um I saw it and I thought it was really, really good. It was the edited for TV version, so I didn't see all of the violence. But I liked the story that it told. I liked how it dealt with Laurie's trauma, uh, and it was really a, a movie about women empowerment. And I loved that. I, I, it was. I hadn't seen a horror film up until that point about a woman who really takes on her fear and faces it head on um, until then. Then I found out it was written by Kevin Williamson and I did some research and I found out he wrote Scream. I didn't know about Scream. I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd seen the ghost face mask around, but um, I watched it and it was it was a life changing movie for me. It was it was horror from another perspective that I've never seen. It, it was horror from our point of view, like the audience's point of view.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think why Scream works is it's funny but it doesn't right. make fun of you. Right. Because you know the rules. Right. But because you know the rules, it informs you of what you think is going to happen in it, but it's so smartly written that they do turn it a little bit right. on what you expect. And I, I, I think right. when you make a, a film like that, you don't talk down to the audience.
1: Exactly. You let them in on it. Which I will say, have you seen the last Screen movie? Oh, yeah. Um. So the, the rules of the screen movies are always implemented as a way to tell you that, hey, we're aware of audience expectations and we know exactly what you're expecting, but we're going to do the exact opposite because we do what we want, it's our movie. <laughs> but the, the last screen movie that came out was really the only one to set out the rules and follow them. Like, they told you exactly what they were going to do and did. did it anyway. That's the first screen movie to do that. They
0: did, you know, they, they do. I because I'm such a movie nerd, right. they do what Shaun of the Dead did. Mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead, when they're in the pub, they, he tells you exactly how the story's going to play out. Right. In Scream, the new one, it's always weird you have to say Scream 2022. Screen, yeah. <laughs> they tell you when they're all sitting around what's going to happen. Right. And they go, no, that's stupid. Why would that is, happen? And it it's, it's literally it's happens the, the way they say that it, it, it does. Exactly. And I, I think that's why that movie's smart and when the people... This is me being an asshole. When people say they don't like it because it's too much like the first screen, mm-hmm. I said, you're not listening to what they're telling you Right in uh, the exposition scene, I guess. They're telling you that you don't discount the rules that have been established. Right. If you discount the rules, that's when you die. Yeah. And they do. Yes. And We're definitely
1: at a time where audiences are, ex- like, they when they see the red herrings that are set up, in front of them. They know that they're not the killer. And that's why the first Scream movie was so smart is because it told you Billy is the killer and because audiences are like, oh, we know better than that. We know how writers are. When they threw it in your face, it was like, oh, it was like, it screwed with you because you were trying to kind of get ahead of yourself.
0: There is a great moment in it and you only see this moment in hindsight
1: Mm -hmm. when
0: the kids are all sitting around the fountain Mm -hmm. and they're saying to um, Stu and Billy, like you know, it's like, well, who says you're the killer? He says I didn't kill anybody, and and uh, and Billy says nobody said you did. Right. And you know that when you watch it again, right. He's telling you that yeah, Stu didn't kill these people. I did. Right. But he's helping me.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: He's telling you that, and the way that the line is delivered, I think adds a whole new element to it. So. On filmmakers like you, right. you have to pay attention to the nuances and the performance like that. Exactly. And uh, that's why I think Scream is infinitely rewatchable. Right. They do give you hints. And that's one of my most favorite lines of every in horror, any horror film is, nobody said you did. Right. And I think because in hindsight, it's such a telling line. Mm-hmm. And it's delivered so well.
1: Right, yeah, I, I completely agree. I will say uh, Rival, the movie that I just made, um, isn't self-aware like that like it it does we are aware of audience expectation and, and we know what people are going into it like there's obviously a formula but um we kind of understand that we could take it so many different ways but at the end of the day there's always going to be that group of audiences that are going to say this is predictable this is this is this this is bad i didn't like it like i saw it coming because they've seen it all happen so we just kind of take that in mind and just have fun with it and let the story play out and really let the characters make the decisions. Like, it, doesn't, it definitely plays out like a slasher movie, but there are some moments in there where it can feel like real life when, when people are really like, oh, this is someone who's trying to reenact a horror movie, per se, in our world, and we need to stop it. Like, like, they definitely try to take it into their own hands to, like, fight off the killer, not in a crazy, clumsy way where it's like it helps the plot and helps them escape, but um, more so as a way of just... We need to take it into our own hands and stop this dude before like anything bigger comes from it.
0: You know, I, we have a rule that we go into every movie expecting it to be good. Right. And I also try not to overexpose myself to the trailers or to synopsises mm-hmm. because I like to go into movies just cold. Right. And I, I, I love movies. That surprised However, me the most. The show, yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah. So I mean, my favorite movie this year is Top Gun, and I'm not uh-huh. surprised by it. Right. But it entertains me. Yeah. But there's movies like, I don't know. Uh, there's a movie called The Impossible about the tsunami in Sri Lanka. I haven't seen it. It's wonderful, and it's and just seeing that, or uh, the Wolf of Snow Hollow, where you think it's a werewolf movie and it's playing like a werewolf movie and it is a werewolf movie, right. but isn't. Right, yeah. And uh, so I love films like that. And, um, so hats off to you for making it. Thank you. Um, so how long do you think it is before we'll be able to see it and or a trailer
1: for it? Um, there is a trailer made right now. Um, it is not out, um, but it's going to be released in the next month or so. Um, we haven't screened the movie to anyone yet, so we don't really have opinions from like sources to say, to just really give reviews or anything on it. Um, that, that's when we'd like to release the trailer, but the movie will come out on Amazon Prime and iTunes um, early January. We're aiming for January seventh or eighth, but we can't promise anything. That's just what we're looking at right now.
0: So, where are you at? The pro- are you just working on the edit right now?
1: Yeah, we're in post.
0: Post color timing, editing, sound design.
1: Yeah. yeah We just finished our last rough cut, and oh, wow. now we're moving on to the final cut, and we got to add in some more stuff, and I think we have the to reshoot too? an entire scene. What was that? Are you the editor too? Uh, yes. So, as an
0: editor and a, and a screenwriter, how do you decide what you like more—your words or what you see on screen? I'm a
1: control freak, which is why I do like to take on hats, multiple hats at once. Um, I, I like the di- I like directing out of all of this. Like out of screenwriting, editing, or directing, I definitely like directing out of that. Um I the last short film I did before this, uh was the first film I had directed that wasn't my script. And I I definitely feel like it was good and I did do well. The writer thought that I did justice to it, but um it it was definitely like again, it's the control freak in me where I need to direct it. Like I, I have sure, the. You have to have the control. Right. Like I have the material, but yeah. I need to make sure it plays out a certain way. But um, yeah.
0: Very cool. Where can we find you on social media so we keep up on updates about Rival?
1: Um, at Lambent Entertainment on Instagram. Um, laminentertainment.com uh, Lamin Entertainment instagram is where we um, post the majority of our updates we'll post screenshots screen caps, and just a bunch of updates with the cast and crew and where we'll do most of our promoting
0: very cool when it gets closer to the trailer and stuff make sure you stay in contact with us so we can share it and uh, we'd love to see the film
1: I could show you literally right after we finish this
0: cool so uh, uh, people listening won't see it we will <laughs> yeah. alright thanks for stopping by yeah of course Thank appreciate you for having it me. Knows Sean. And a real nerd can follow the plot. And a real nerd. Will all the Sean. Real nerds. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a nebulous visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at RealNerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at RealNerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720 6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it!